Hello, it is uh, Kurt here today. We are talking about surviving zombie apocalypse. Uh, Dr. Spidey Strange, and of course, the reverse WandaVision. So strap in, because it is the Infinity Watch Podcast! I really want to say Vonda Vision. Uh, that's oh, what I, like five times fast. Yes, <laughs> Vonda Vision. I think I just went with the V for both, but I think it would it should have been Vonda Vision. Vonda Vision. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, I would just want to call it that all the time now. <laughs> Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy. I'm joined uh, by my Eastern European co-host Eric. What up? Vonda Vision <laughs> number one stand. Yes. Wow, I can't I have to really think about that to even say that properly. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. Oh my goodness. We are here this week on our 32nd episode to talk about what if's new episode, which I feel like they just had a a like a working title for this and they just kept it cuz just what if <laughs> zombies. Yeah, I hate the, I hate the title. I gotta yeah, say. I, I saw that. I was like, oh, I was like, hey, the zombie episode's on today. So, like, we'll talk about that, you know, or we'll watch that. And then uh, I was like, oh, it's literally just called What If Zombies. I was like, all right, whatever. But, <laughs> um, So, yeah, we are, I think, what, five episodes into the nine episode series of um, Marvel's What If, uh, fresh off the heels of a, a film release. I think we're weeks away from the next one or Let's see, what time, when does when does Eternals come out? Eternals release date? I think, I mean, nope. yeah, you could say weeks. Okay, yeah, like, I guess we got, we got like a, a month and a half. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more than that going on, so. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's jump right into the news. I think there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that are happening in the Marvel world. Um, I want to start off with this. This is why I brought the movie thing. Uh, bad news for Eric. And for anyone else that does not like movie theaters, it looks like Disney is now going to be releasing their next upcoming slate of movies exclusively in theaters with a 45-day theatrical window before moving to digital platforms. That means the next Marvel film, Eternals, will only be in theaters until, what, like the end of December-ish? Which is the same that Shang-Chi did as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I wish they would uh release them simultaneously. But I wonder if there's like a further comp like I'd be less annoyed. Like two week theater exclusivity. Is that too much to ask? I feel like the first two weeks are by far the majority of the money you make anyways. I think at that point, if it's only two weeks, then people are like, well, I'm just gonna wait for two weeks. Yeah, true. And and all of this is being driven by Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings box office because it just had a better second weekend at the box office than Black Widow did. Okay. By how much? Do you have the numbers? Yeah, so I got a little article here. Um, so this weekend, really strong weekend for Shang-Chi. 
Um, it grossed almost $10 million just on the second Friday, and it's looking to earn um, in the mid-30 millions for its second weekend. That's higher than the $25 million that was grossed by Black Widow during its second weekend, um, which obviously was available uh, from day one on Disney Plus for $30. Um, and so Shang-Chi in 10 days racked up $141 million. I think that's domestic. Um yeah. Um, whereas Black Widow had 131. And so if you're thinking about it, you know, Black Widow established character, you know, people could say what they want about the fact that, you know, she's not as exciting as a character maybe for some people, but she's an, ex- you know, established character within the MCU. Shang-Chi's this new guy. Like, I think a lot of people are expecting a lot bigger numbers for Black Widow. Um, but I think the combination of COVID and the Disney Plus release has really changed what those numbers would be. Yeah, I do. I mean, those numbers are very close, though. And I do wonder if, in the long run, it ended up being a better plan for Black Widow to have those that extra $30 a pop on Disney+. Plus. If we're talking, if the difference between these two movies is only in, like, the $5 million or less, it seems. Um... Per time period, I guess that that we that you just uh, were talking about, right? Uh, um, I mean, so Black Widow was still making. Let's see, so Black Widow released um, two months ago, almost to the date, a little over two months ago, and so it's still pulling in uh, each weekend, you know, a de- a decent amount of money. Still, you know, as of a week ago, it was still pulling in hundreds of thousands of dollars from the box office. And so that's two months of of earning money within the box office. And Shang-Chi already has, uh, you know, it's getting close to half of Black Widow's gross after two weeks. Yeah, but I think it's going to, I mean, I guess we'll see. But I, I have a feeling it's just going to exponentially fall off a cliff for, which, I mean, it already has, right? Like weekend one to weekend two, that sounds like it. I guess it's good, but it's still a huge drop, it sounds like. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to find reasons for why Disney should uh, put all their movies as uh, instant access. (laughs) Working backwards from the end result. (laughs) Yeah. I do think... I think that Shang-Chi will end up making more in the box office not including Disney Plus numbers than Black Widow will. I still think that that's going to happen. I still don't think I do. I'll I'll be very interested to see how it all shakes out. I think it's going to be way closer than I thought, though. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be close. And and it it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. Black Widow should have made a lot more money. I'm sure they're not super happy about all of that. But, you know, this is just, you know, the result of the world we're living in right now. Yep, I totally agree. And so, you know, there's no scenario for Hollywood. All these Hollywood execs that listen to our podcast. I just need to tell you something here. (laughs) Heart to heart. There's no world in which there's going to be a switch that turns on and the box office is just going to magically be right back to what it was a couple of years ago. Right. You have to ramp back up to that thing and you can't do that by just putting a bunch of duds out there. Yeah. And so, you know, this is this is the only way to do it. Yeah. So. We'll see. We will uh we'll keep track of the the Shang-Chi box office and see who has to buy the other person pizza. Ooh. Which is yeah. the made up bet I just made in my head right now. I love it. So 
Eric, I thought of you when I saw this. Okay. New Spider-Man game coming out. I don't know if yes. you liked the first one. We got both Spider-Man 2 coming out. Unfortunately, it's a, I think it's a PS5 exclusive. But, it is. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is coming out in 2023 featuring Venom, who looked crazy awesome. But the same team is also working on a uh, on a Marvel War- Wolverine game. I wanted to say Volv- <laughs> Volverine. <laughs> Volverine. Um, yeah, so there's going to be a Marvel's Wolverine game in the works as well. Um, that will also be a PlayStation exclusive, which I think a lot of people aren't happy about. But the games looked cool. Yeah, they. I'm definitely one of those people who is not happy about that shit at all. Um because I don't have a PS5. And so I did not play the first Spider-Man game, which by all accounts was amazing. Um, the first Spider-Man game in this series. I mean, there's been many, many Spider-Man games, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, the new ones look great, but uh, game exclusives need to fucking die. It's insane. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of that, not to pile on here, yeah, but... Apparently, PlayStation 5 is just looking to fuck you over, mostly because it's a Sony, you know, Sony-owned thing. True. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. True. However, thankfully, that is confirmed not a PS5 exclusive. Thank fuck, because I would have lost my mind. Um, that game I is confirmed. It was. It's not. It's uh, not. It it's okay. not. It's a timed PS5 and PC exclusive, and oh, then okay. and then after that, um, it's assumed it will be coming to Xbox as well. But I am a uh, I am a PC boy nowadays. So as long as it comes to PC, I am good. And it was confirmed. The, the developers uh, aspire. Uh, yeah, because I was all over that shit when they released it. I was like, if this is PS5, I'm I'm. I don't burning down a forest. I don't even know what the fuck I, I would do. I would I would be so I angry. love that that's your go to like <laughs> anger release. I'm gonna I burn would, down a forest. I would be so fucking angry. But yeah, they tweeted that it's a uh, timed PS5 and PC exclusive. And then who I mean, that could be anywhere from two weeks to a year, judging by the fuckery that we've seen in the past. I hope it's closer to two weeks for the for the Xbox players out there. But also, I'm on PC, so I'm happy about it. <laughs> I'm not going to have to wait, because that game is uh, tied for my favorite game of all time. And What is the other one? Super Mario Sunshine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Love it. I don't want to get onto a tangent after we already had our great tangent last week about theaters, but... No. I'm so sick of just any content whatsoever being exclusive to anything. Yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed. It's like, you know, between movies and TV shows and games and all this random shit, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just so annoying. But I get it, you know, capitalist gonna capital. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's so true. And I, yeah, I, it makes no sense. It's like they're cutting themselves off from... So for anybody who doesn't know this, video game consoles are not profitable for the people who make them. So like the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are loss leaders, right? So they sell those at a loss so then they can sell all the extra shit 
at a huge markup. So like Xbox has Game Pass and, uh, you know, all the Microsoft games. Sony obviously has all of their Sony exclusive. That's where they make their real money from. So like what I don't understand, if that's the business model already, then just release these games everywhere. Because what's the you're not you're not keeping them exclusive to sell more hardware. Right. That would make no sense if the hardware isn't they, making you money. I think where they so they lock you into the hardware in which they can then bleed you dry on all the software subscription shit. I think that's where all the money's at. But now. like Sony doesn't even really have software subscription shit. And Xboxes is more. I mean, Xboxes is so affordable that like I can't even imagine they still have to they can't be making that much money off game pass playstation plus baby yeah but playstation plus kind of sucks doesn't it yeah but i think you have to get it to get all these different features to play anything online so people have to like i know like when i still had a playstation uh like you had to have that interesting otherwise like you couldn't really play anything online and the, yeah that's they have about. all their stupid little you know services and shit playstation plus and playstation now um, the only one that was good was PlayStation View, which was basically like cable, but that they, they stopped doing it. I was a subscriber of PlayStation. Yeah, View I, I remember that, that. Yeah, but I think that entire market is just like no one's able to make money off of it, so they just stop working on it. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, just bring all games everywhere, and I hate myself for this, but I feel like the one company that's allowed to get away with it is Nintendo. I don't know why. I don't know why, but uh, I feel like Nintendo dessert, like they've earned the right to be their own thing forever because like Mario and Zelda are the greatest video game franchises of all time, probably. And it's uh, like, I don't know, they, they made those themselves like it's their own IP, whereas yeah. I think these other ones, they're just paying money. That's true. To lock it in. That's true. That's so very it's like true. it's nuanced but different. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I guess that is why it, why it feels different because it is. I'm I'm sure there's some like Nintendo titles that they pay for too. Yeah, like you know, Pokemon it's like you created is a great Mario. One. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know. It's just a weird. thing. I'm just really tired of everyone trying to just like subscription me to death or make me buy 17 things that I'll do the same thing at once so I can experience one thing oh i'm so tired of it (laughs) yeah i feel like i have i go back and forth i do think the subscription model of today is better than it was like 10 to than the options 10 to 15 years ago just because like game like i know there's a million streaming services for tv and it's like there's quote unquote too many but it's like that's the most first world problem in fucking history. Like you could just buy one and be entertained for the rest of your lifetime. Like there's no reason we have to buy more than one. Right. And it's like this, that's true. The same with the like Game Pass is like you buy Game Pass. It's so ridiculously cheap. Congrats. You have like 140 games of which at least half of them are like top, top tier. So it's like. I do really like that. It's a way better way than it was like 15 years, a way more affordable way, I should say, than it was 15 years ago. Maybe there's not quite as much choice, but that choice does still exist if you want to buy things individually. So I I don't know. I, di- I, I go back and forth on the, on the subscription yeah. culture. I do see the benefits. 
It definitely can go both ways, I think. I think the things that piss me off the most are like, um, I'm trying to think of an example, like Microsoft Office. Like, I used <laughs> yeah, to just be able yeah, to yeah, buy yeah. that for like 50 bucks. And then like I still have it on my Mac from like seven computers ago. And it's I bought it once, the Microsoft Word works. Yeah. But now it's like $10 a month to have all of Microsoft Office, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's stupid. I, I hate that shit. I, there's some things I just want to just buy. And then I just have it. Yeah. But uh, I'll get off that that uh, soapbox. <laughs> Shout out to Google Docs. Fuck you, Microsoft. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Fuck. And also, you know what? If you do like Microsoft products, you can get OneDrive, which is the same thing as Google Drive, basically, and use this, their shit for free, which is what I do as well. Oh, there you uh, go. Super easy. Um, I'm just an Excel junkie. so All right. I gotta love my spreadsheets. All right. Back <laughs> to nerd shit, because I can't keep talking about this. <laughs> Um, I saw this article and I just wanted to talk about it so I could shit on it. It says the Batman star Jeffrey Wright says this Gotham City is unlike any other version we've seen on screen before. Oh, my God. What the fuck does that even mean? It means fucking nothing. It means literally nothing. It's going to be dark and it's going to be grimy and it's going to be gritty and it's going to look exactly like every other Gotham that has existed in every single interpretation of Batman. That's a guarantee. Okay. Listen to this quote. So this is this is Jeffrey Wright who plays Commissioner Gordon or Jim Gordon. I don't know if he's commissioner in this movie. I don't oh, think he true. is. He's, ta- he's talking to IndieWire and he said, unlike Gotham's we'd seen before, it was a Gotham we could touch. The way the Batmobile was described, I understood the aesthetic we were going for was something really palpable. If you squint your eyes in some back street of New York, you could see it appear. Dude. <laughs> Man. I, I I just can't. Yeah. I just, yeah. Just can't, that uh, shit is okay. so ridiculous. Uh, it's like, yeah. It's going to look exactly like it's I have a feeling it's going to be like Gotham Noir, which is still just Gotham. <laughs> so, right. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's really just a shitty city. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, <sighs> not sure if you're a fan of this one, but I wanted to bring it up because I thought it looked good. But uh, basically, the TV show Dexter on Showtime, yeah. it ended years ago very poorly. Um I'd say that that show started off really good, was like 100% solid show for like four or five seasons, and then it just slowly got worse, 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 and then the final season was awful. And so, uh, coincidentally, the showrunner for the good seasons left, and then it got really bad. And so they created a limited series called Dexter New Blood that is going to premiere in November. And the trailer just came out for it. It's it's being created by the same guy that made all the good seasons of Dexter, has all the cast back that, you know, are still there and, and important. And it just looks really good and interesting. And so if you haven't seen that trailer, I highly recommend checking it out. It's called Dexter New Blood. Yeah, Dexter is an absolutely incredible show, despite the fact that it uh, kind of fell apart towards the end. I think it's still well worth a watch if you've uh, if you've never seen it. Um, and I'm really excited for this. This is such an interesting idea of like we didn't like that first ending, so a couple years back we're gonna try it. We're gonna try it again and give it the ending it deserves. Um, that's great. I cannot wait to see Dexter Morgan uh, murder people again. 
That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, the first four seasons of that show, excuse me, are, like, 10 out of 10 gold. Like, the character, the setting, the story, it's all just so good. Yeah. So I I really hope that this lives up to the hype. And even even in the... Next few seasons, there are there are moments of brilliance still. It's just not, uh, yeah, you know. But, but there are also moments of what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. The consistency is completely lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> I don't know what my dogs are barking at something. I have no idea what the hell they're barking at. <laughs> um, so I thought this was funny. So Warner Brothers. They were trying to do a salad on social media. Social media just fucks with everybody and makes them look like an idiot. True. Um, they wished the Suicide Squad actor Idris Elba happy happy birthday, and they referred to his character as Deadshot. He said, <laughs> some may know him as Stringer Bell, others as Deadshot. Happy birthday, Idris Elba. Hashtag The Wire. Hashtag The Suicide Squad. And I, at first I was like, why are we still doing Hashtag The Wire? You know, as... <laughs> <laughs> really like when did that show come the wire that show started in what uh let's see. yeah like the nuts. 2002 oh wow okay it's like two decades the dude's been in so many things yeah but his he's not dead shot no he's blood sport so How, however i think i forget if we talked about this on uh this show but apparently that character was originally written to be dead shot but because th- they didn't know if will smith was gonna want to come back or not and uh, Will Smith did not want to come back, so they were like, "Yeah, fuck it. We'll just make... <laughs> this is the same character, basically. Same powers, same everything. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. I think Idris Elba is a step up, if you ask me. But I don't know. I'm a... I mean, I, no shit. I love Idris Elba, but, like, Will Smith's a legend. I fucking love Will Smith. For some reason, I do not like that guy. I don't know what it is. Wow! That's a, that's the hottest of takes. Isn't he like a Scientologist or something? I th- I not hundred percent sure, but I believe that is uh like a like a myth. I think that is uh, like an urban legend. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But hey, good for him. Whatever 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 makes Will Smith happy makes Will Smith happy. So I am not gonna judge the guy. Whatever. True. He's like in the same field as Tom Cruise for some reason with me, where I'm just like, you make really good shit, but for some reason there's something about you that makes me feel weird. See, I I feel like Will Smith to me is more of like a a real person, and Tom Tom Cruise is not a real person. Yeah, Tom Cruise is like a, (laughs) a a weird android being that was set loose on the world. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and also Fresh Prince of Bel Air is. Maybe the greatest sitcom of all time. Definitely one. Whoa, of them. that's crazy. I mean, name that's a better one. Greatest sitcoms of all time. Um, Curb your enthusiasm. Easy. What, dude? Love it. Love that's insane. That's that might be the craziest thing that's ever been said on this podcast. I mean, Parks and Recreation, dude. Not even Arrested Development. Not even close. The Office. Oh my God! Not even. Close. I'm still. I'm still holding tight on Curb Your Enthusiasm. That shit's amazing. That's insane. Uh, home Improvement. What? What? You? This is insulting to the genius <laughs> the nanny, that is the Fresh nanny. Prince come of on! Oh my God! The nanny is better than that. No, show. can't hold the candle to Fresh Prince. Friends? No. No. 
no what else what else could i say that would just be scrubs scrubs <laughs> you would have to be actually a psychopath if you if you thought scrubs was a better show than fresh prince oh uh, my I god do, and i am a psychopath brooklyn 99 no no i enjoy that more than uh, a lot fresh of these prince. are great shows but they're not. They're no Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Fresh Prince right, was I'm, the OG. I'm going to a Business Insider article. And, oh, never mind. It's, it says uh, my ad blocker doesn't work. Oh. Let's go to a Screen Rant article. Ten best, ten best sitcoms of all time. I want to see what their top ten are. Oh my god, it's gonna be like fucking Cheers. <laughs> Number eleven is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Just saying. Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> I'm already upset. Ten is BoJack Horseman. Oh my um, god. Nine is Arrested <laughs> Development. Eight is South Park. Okay, all right. What? Seven South is Park Seinfeld. Is a sitcom. There, that's very loose interpretation of what a sitcom is. I would say. That's true. That's true. So seven Seinfeld. So is one going to be fucking The Simpsons? Probably. Like. <laughs> okay. Six is Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Um. Five is It's Always Sunny. I also would not consider that a sitcom but okay what that's totally a sitcom 100 percent. okay what is it gravity falls number four it's another comedy series what the fuck the office is three friends is two and rick and morty is one what the fuck what the who what website made that list screen rant screen rant put down the crack pipe what the Top fuck 10 sitcoms of all okay i gotta find a different list because that one was just garbage Rick and All these are 100 Morty? best. I don't want 100 best. Okay, I'm going to do Rolling Stone's 100 best, but we're going to go to top 10. I just got to do this. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Shit's Creek is at 100. How do you even think of 100, 100 sitcoms? Well, I mean, when, you, when your definition of a sitcom includes Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't I guess. like consider, uh, you know, uh-oh. I think I saw your, your Fresh Prince in, like, the 30s when I was scrolling. Oh. Okay, here we go. Objectively wrong. Top 10. Top 10. Okay. The Larry Sanders Show from HBO in the 90s. Nine is Parks and Rec. Eight is The Honeymooners, which apparently was on in 1955. Seven is the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Oh, my God. Six is MASH. Five is All in the Family. MASH is not a sitcom. Continue. Weird, Continue. Weird. Four, I Love Lucy. Oh, my God. Three, Seinfeld. Two, Cheers. Che- yeah, I oh fucking knew Cheers was going to be up there. Dude, guess what number one is? What? Is it The Office? Simpsons. Fucking, oh, my God. Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, my God. So stupid, but. And also objectively wrong, because Fresh Prince is the is the best sitcom. Oh, man, I really do. Uh, I prefer me some. Uh, hmm. What's this? Come I could say that's really bad. <laughs> Anything. I mean, a that. lot of the ones you probably just read out. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Jesus. You can tell who their target audience yeah. is. I've never seen an episode of Cheers in my life. Um, all right. The Matrix. Yes. Resurrection. Yes. <laughs> They released a really cool website with like a mini teaser trailer and a trailer in the last week. Yeah, that is so that is a throwback website. What is the matrix.com? That was how they promoted the original Matrix back in the day. 
which is like one of the first movies to really use the internet to promote their film and have like a website on their poster. Yeah. Uh, so very apropos. And I, you know, I haven't seen The Matrix in years. I've never seen the sequels because I heard they were bad and I love The Matrix. I think it's one of the, it was one of the first movies as a child that really fucked with my head in a way that was probably very necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw this trailer. I saw the teaser. I went to the website. This shit had me hyped, man. Yeah. I want to see this movie. Hi. So the full disclosure, The Matrix is my favorite movie. And damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh and the sequels are the second one, I would say is still very good, not doesn't reach the heights of the first one, but the second one's very good. The third one is the worst, but it's has gotten uh much better with time. I I would say it aged well. Like it got way more shit than it deserved. And I think a lot more people than me are coming around to like, this actually is pretty good. It's just like people were comparing it to one of the greatest movies of all time in, yeah, in the major lose lose. Yeah. Right? Um, but, but it is so, both the sequels well worth a watch. They absolutely hold up. Um, fuck. I'm so stoked for this movie. Oh, I'm so stoked. Uh, well, and on top of that, okay, I didn't realize, boom, it comes out in December. Yeah. And you can watch it at home. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, it, yeah. I mean, it's just the a combination of everything that brings me joy. Basically an Eric one-two punch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am. I could not be more excited. I was so into the Matrix. Um I mean, I, I fuck it. I would. I loved the video games. I uh, obviously loved the movies. Me and my friends in middle school all basically took up a name of one of the crew members of the Nebuchadnezzar. And like, whenever we would play like multiplayer games, we would all be like the Matrix crew. And it was like, uh, oh my god, yeah, yeah. I I uh, begged my mom to buy me the morpheus sunglasses uh which she did and i'm quite sure i still have those somewhere oh the, man uh, we need to get a picture of you wearing the morpheus glasses <laughs> yeah, the classic morpheus glasses. they like clip on your nose yep, or something yep they clip on your oh, nose they are very difficult to wear um they don't stay on your face well at all but uh i, I don't know how i had no idea you were such a matrix fangirl I'm I'm a huge 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 Matrix fan. Like I love like I I've, I've been diving into basically all of the theories and the explanations for, you know, cuz obviously the shots of the Matrix in this new movie, they no longer have that green tint or whatever, and that's because this is pretty obviously a new version of the Matrix. Perhaps the same version of the Matrix that we saw being created at the end of the third movie. Um, I think that it probably is that same version of the matrix still. Um, and there's so much that goes into it. It's like everything has, it's almost like, it's like hard sci-fi that's palatable for the masses. Like, it's like, there is an explanation for everything, which I love, but you don't need to know that. And it still works, which is so impressive to me. Um, it's just entertaining. 
which is uh, at the heart of entertainment. That's what it should be, in my opinion. And so, okay, I got a question for Mr. Matrix over here. Yes. Um, is the is that Morpheus like the same Morpheus in the trailer? Because it's a different actor. Yes. Yeah, so, all right, quick, quick little uh, Matrix thing. So, at the end of the third Matrix movie, Morpheus is still alive, as far as we know. Um, however, after the third Matrix movie, there was this game called The Matrix Online. It was an MMO RPG. And this continued the story of the Matrix past the third movie, and it is canon. So, so at, at the time, it was canon. We'll see if they if they kept this being canon. But uh, in that game, Morse, Morpheus died. Morpheus was killed. Um, however, in the third movie, and spoiler alert for all things Matrix right now, in the third movie, uh, Trinity was also very definitively killed. <laughs> Um, and Trinity's back in this as well as Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, Morpheus seems to be back as a different actor. It's not totally confirmed yet. It could, that could be like Morpheus and Niobe's son, maybe. It might not be Morpheus. Um, but I think that it is likely that the machines were doing some fuckery and they were uploading consciousness uh, to the Matrix. And that is how Trinity and Morpheus are, are back somehow. So I guess there's there's some reporting around that I'm reading this article. It says, at the moment, it's sounding a lot like this fourth installment will actually serve as a direct sequel to the first movie. No. I mean, I think that's pretty obviously bad information. Uh, I mean, this is directly, this directly happens, not directly, but like, it, it Clearly, there are things that connect to the third movie directly. Um, I guess I need to watch all these films. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the third movie, basically, Neo sacrifices himself um, because of his love of Trinity. He he breaks the cycle. There have been six versions, five or six versions of the Matrix before the one we see in the movies. And, you know, we learn throughout those movies that this cycle happens time and time again. There is a the one the one meets the architect and every other version of the one before Neo, the one that we've met decided to, okay, we're going to reset the system. We're going to save Zion, but, but the matrix will continue. Neo makes a different choice. And that's why I guess this story is relevant to tell. Um, Neo makes a different choice. And what happens, he sacrifices himself. And long story short, there is some kind of, uh, weird peace between the machines and the humans, but there, but there is still a matrix. I mean, they are still harvesting humans, but uh, basically, they're just not trying to nuke Zion anymore. Um, weird. Yeah, and uh, in the Matrix Online, uh, the machines basically refuse to give Neo's body back to the the Zionists, um, so that it could have something to do like the Neo that we see in this trailer might not be a human either. It might be a program. So I was kind of weird seeing him with long hair in this. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, it's John wick. (laughs) It's John wick in the matrix. Yeah. Weird. What was I going to say? Oh, uh, which pill are you going to take then? I mean, look, unfortunately the term red pill has been co-opted by the biggest fuckwits in the world. Um, and so 
it's like if if you get excited in Matrix lore about taking the red pill, uh, that means something very different in the political world. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I think realistically, though, either way, if I was offered that choice, I'm I'm kind of a pussy, and I might just take the blue pill. I don't know if I can handle it. Um, I would just want to go back to living living my life in the dark. And uh, just waking up in my own bed and not in some weird, like, snot container. (laughs) Yeah, in which you eat snot. Yeah, yeah, and you eat tasty wheat. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm with you, buddy. I think I'm with you. Yeah, I might might blue pill it. I don't know if I have what it takes. But maybe, maybe. Maybe I just need some, maybe I need a Morpheus to come uh, kick me in the ass and convince me. There you go. With those sweet-ass sunglasses, you'd just be like, Mr. Morpheus, do I get those cool glasses? And you'd be like, come with me. (laughs) All right. Love it. I got, I I have here another challenge for you. Oh, boy. Marvel Studios updated their film slate. So I'm going to go through all the movies we know and all the untitled movie release dates that we have. Okay? Okay. So, for the rest of the year, we got Eternals on November 5th and Spider-Man No Way Home on December 17th. Next year, March, we got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. May, we have Thor Love and Thunder. July, we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever. November, we have The Marvels. Packed year full of shit, man. Um, can I, can I, before you continue, I just got to put it on record. I think there's no way Spider-Man comes out this year still. Damn, I really hope you're wrong. Really hope you're wrong. But I totally get what you're saying. Because, I mean, they're going to want that to be a billion-dollar movie, and there's no chance. I mean, despite the fact everybody's talking about Shang-Chi is a huge success, but, like, if this is what amounts to a huge success nowadays. I'm really hoping that they release Spider-Man, and because of so much demand, it, like, breaks the... Breaks the uncomfortable bubble of people not going to the movie theater because everyone wants to see it. Maybe, maybe. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I think you you may be on to something there. Um, 2023 in February, we got Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, And then on May 5th, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. All right. At this point, we have like fucking seven movie spots. Okay. So the first one is July 2023, which is rumored to be the release date for Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. October of 2023, we have the rumored release date for Blade. Okay. Okay. And then we have another movie that's supposed to come out November of that year as well. We do not know what that is. So we have November 2023, and then we have four dates in 2024, one for February, May, July, and November that Marvel has just released as an untitled Marvel film. Mm-hmm. So, if you're talking about all seven in total, we have rumored dates for Fantastic Four, rumored date for Blade, at least five movies left. What are the five movies that we're getting in the end of 2023 and in the four in 2024? All right. Well, the easiest one is for sure we're getting a Wolverine movie. Uh, no no question in my mind especially after seeing that trailer and the more I've been thinking about this and I think probably the way that Marvel is going to do the X-Men is going to be the same way they did the Avengers right like they 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 only know how to do 
<laughs> one thing. And I guess they're shaking it up with the Eternals and I guess even a little with the Guardians. But like the X-Men, I mean, the Guardians are six people. The Eternals are what, nine people. The X-Men are like thousands. So right. I think the move and I think what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to introduce characters uh, individually and bring them together as a big event um just get people really hyped and i think that wolverine obviously is going to be up there for some reason i never i always kind of forget about wolverine as like a big fan favorite character but that is exactly what he is um yeah so i think wolverine for sure um wasn't there like a rumor of like a namor movie um, I know he's he's rumored to be uh, in Black, Black Panther. Panther. Yep, 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 yep. So I'd say the other two movies that I would say are highly likely are Deadpool 3 and Captain America 4. Oh, yeah, of course. Yep, 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 of course. So we have those up there. So that leaves basically, uh, if we're adding your Wolverine movie, two more movies that are untitled at this point. Mm. Or I think around that time, I think I'm going to say... I, you know what? This might be crazy. I think we might get a Daredevil movie. Oh, shit. Oh, that would be awesome. Just got really excited thinking about that. Yeah, I think I think we might, especially if Matt Murdock is in this um, Spider-Man movie. And, oh, and then, you know what? I bet the last one will be, I don't know if it will be Spider-Man, but I bet it will be Spider-related. Yeah, I mean it would it would be around that time, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if it'll be maybe that will be the big uh Tom Holland and what's his face Eddie Brock. That guy's name is also Tom? Am I tripping uh, out? The actor? Yeah, Tom Hardy? Uh, I Oh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, Tom Hardy. Tom, yeah. Yeah, Ho- Holland versus Hardy. <laughs> so maybe maybe that'll be uh maybe that'll be that movie. I I don't know, but so I do have a little bit of bad news for you. Uh oh! You just you you just reminded me of this. Okay. Um. So it was your prediction that that was in fact Charlie Cox's Daredevil in the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Yeah. However, uh, a fan pointed this out. They saw Shang Chi in IMAX, and they played the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer before it. Mm-hmm. And as as, as many people are aware, IMAX has an increased aspect ratio, oh, and no. the trailer was shown in the increased <laughs> aspect ratio, and you are able to see the face behind the man with the arms in that scene in the interrogation room, and it is totally not Charlie Cox. Wow, um, what a misdirect for that trailer. Why do you get a man with the hairiest arms, just like Charlie Cox? I was so disappointed. I was like, I wanted that hairy arm to be Charlie Cox so bad. Oh, my God. So bad. What a misdirect. Yeah, and I was, I, I can't believe that, uh, I don't know, I just love that someone watching it in IMAX as they were doing, like, some sleuth and staring at the guy's face Yeah, that we thought was Charlie Cox. It's, you know, yeah, I love it. What a mess. But I really hope that we get uh, some Daredevil dose, so we'll see. Lots of movies coming out. It's basically four movies. Remember when we used to just get one? Yeah. <laughs> How did we do that? I have no idea. Fucking bananas. All right. Last little bit. There was a leaked, very short video with audio uh, in it that seems to show Andrew Garfield in the Spidey suit filming 
Spider-Man No Way Home. It is nigh impossible to tell if this is authentic or not, or if it's just some behind-the-scenes video from something else, but Andrew Garfield next to someone else who looks kind of like they're in a Spider-Man suit by a green screen, and he just has a quick little line, and that's it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so he has also come out yet again and, like, is I mean, he's lot like he's they've got to be in it. They're for sure in it. But he is really coming out hard, definitively saying, I am not in this movie. <laughs> I so mean, it would not be the first time, you know, by a long shot of people just saying this is not what this is. This is not what yeah, this is. Yeah. You know, yeah, it happened in Star Trek Into Darkness. You know, everyone was saying, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch was like, I'm not playing Khan. He played Khan in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the last James Bond film, big, big movie. They're like, he's not playing Blofeld. Yeah. He was Blofeld. Blofeld. You know, it's this happens all the time. Um, I guess it's just like, it does happen. But then why do some actors have such a difficult time? Like, some actors are just so coy. Like, well, I don't know. Like, I can't really talk about it. Just deny it. You're a fucking actor. <laughs> like, yeah, I, you, know, you should I, just I deny it, everything. I think that we always assume there's more of a conversation that happens there in terms of what you can say and what you can't say. Yeah, there might not be. And I feel like it genuinely makes some actors feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. And they don't exactly know how to react. And then, you know, they're not as nerdy as we are. True. You know, they play these characters and they're getting asked questions and being tricked to answer questions in a certain True. way. And so maybe like, I guess from Andrew Garfield's perspective, it's like, it's easier to just be like, hey, I'm not doing this. And just like play that character. Yeah. Than to get caught off guard and be like, well, you know, the coy thing is is harder to do, I think. Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree. And so why not just pretend you're not in? No, right. Yeah, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. I like I think I wish more actors would do that kind of just preserve preserve because there is I mean it does create. It's like we know he's in the movie, but it does create still like we don't really know he's in the movie. So it's going right. it is going to be more impactful when he finally uh when he finally shows himself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Willem Dafoe when they were asking him, he's like, the other things I've been doing lately, I'd prefer to wait until we're ready for them to come out. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> very, very coy. It's like, okay, yeah. we get it. You're a green goblin. Okay, we get it. <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, what's his face? Uh, shit, I forgot his name. Um, Alfred Molina? Alfred Molina is like, yeah, I'm playing him again. Uh, you know, he's he's coming in from the other universe. <laughs> he said everything. The best. Oh, man. Um, I don't know what it is. This is my little last bit. There's like a video that is a outtake, like blooper from Spider-Man 2 with Alfred Molina in it. And he was preparing to play the role in uh, Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway. And he sings a song if I were a rich man while in the Dr. Octopus suit and it is stuck in my head and it's been stuck in my head for weeks and it's just hilarious for some reason. It's like a 10 second clip. I really don't understand. Um, But I've had that stuck in my head for so long. Um, Just him singing it in his little, (laughs) his little Spider-Man Dr. Octopus suit. (laughs) I love it. 
It's pr- probably kind of creepy. Well, it's funny because he's doing it in front of a green screen. So a lot of people have taken the trailer of Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> and when Dr. Octopus reveals himself, he starts singing, If I Were a Rich Man from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> and so people on the internet, man, they uh, create some crazy shit. Indeed. All right. Anything else for news today? No, we covered it. I was I was uh, going to bring up Matrix and uh, Knights of the Old Republic. But we covered that shit. Boom. All right. Well, let's jump into the fifth episode of Marvel's What If Animated Series. Yeah. What If Zombies. Um. So, like, is Hank Pym just, like, the the tool for all negative shit happening in this series now? I mean, I think is isn't maybe this was revealed in the trailers or it's just a theory but isn't the theory that like we're going to get an Ultron episode as well and i wonder if Hank Pym is going to be Ultron's daddy in the in the what if universe finally as it should be i seem to recall like a crazy looking ultron in in one of the promos some sort yeah he just like looked nuts but yeah i mean i kind of like it you know Hank Pym it causes all these problems obviously yeah. in this one Hank Pym goes into the quantum realm to find Janet Van Dyne, his long-lost wife. But she has been infected by some virus within the quantum realm, and she's a zombie. And so she infects Pym before they return to the lab, and then they obviously attack Scott and Hope, um, who, you know, then it gets out to the entire world, essentially. Yeah. Um, but... How, what's your pulse on zombie stuff in general nowadays in the, in the Um, year of our Lord, 2021? (laughs) Jesus. Um, I love how my reaction to that is saying Jesus. (laughs) That's very ironic. Um, you know, I like it when it's done well. It doesn't bother me. I, I, you know, it's been done a million times. Yep. Um, but I do, I, I like a zombie setting when it's just written well and it's fun and it's good. Okay. And it keeps me on the edge of my seat. I know, like, uh, I, I watched The Walking Dead for a few seasons and then I turned it <laughs> off when it just got slow. The first season of that show was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Super good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and Fell off a cliff so quick and it was so disappointing, I feel. Yeah, the moment Frank Darabont was basically taken off as showrunner, which was after the first season, it ah. just could not really handle it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy it if it's done well. You know, I'll, I'll watch any story if it's done well. Sure. Um, so that doesn't bother me. Um, I will say, I, I think maybe let's take this how we did the last one. This is my favorite episode so far. It's up there for me, too. I, I, was, I was expecting to hate it, and uh, well, I you, loved it. Yeah, I, I I love this episode. And that being said, the plot does not make any sense. I really don't think like the logistics of everything that happened make any sense at all. Yeah. But I had such a good time watching yeah. it at the same time. Like, you know, there's a there's a part of the beginning where Hope Van Dyme as the wasp comes and like defeats the Avengers with all of her, her ants. Yes. Yeah. And she like destroys them in like a second. <laughs> But then as they're trying to basically, uh, you know, travel to Camp uh, Leahy in New Jersey, like there's a million choices they could have made that would stop the entire story from happening the way it does. Like literally endless decisions could have been made to save so many people from dying. And they're just not for the sake of 
making a story happen <laughs> the way the story happens. Right. But at the same time, that's kind of how all quote unquote scary slash horror slash zombie things happen. People yeah. just don't make very smart choices. Yeah. Um but yeah, kind of the OP ant killing and just, you know, people being able to fucking fly uh, are just kind of forgotten, it seems, in parts of this episode. Yeah, yeah. I felt my biggest problem with it, and again, I did love it. My biggest problem with it was I couldn't get a read on, like, what is the intelligence level of these zombies? Like, they can still use their powers. They're smart enough to use fucking arc reactor blasts and arc reactor blasts and like shoot yeah. arrows and shit but like they can't speak they're still just like mindless zombies kind of it seemed like a weird line to try to walk i think uh, yeah, i think i said this when when me and my partner amelia were watching this i was like i really wasn't expecting them to have their powers yeah. or their weapons yeah it it really you're right it doesn't quite makes sense um and so it's like you have some sense of awareness to be able to do these things but it it kind of would come and go and i don't know like it's an interesting concept to have like a zombie in an iron man suit that they can use but like a zombie is supposed to be like mindless basically yeah and so how are you a you know a fence stops a lot of zombies yeah right So it's like it's it's weird it's just a weird thing yeah. um, how that was all working out. And then obviously like a zombified Wanda Maximoff, uh, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch yeah. and her being able to use her power. It was it was an interesting concept. I feel like the execution, you know, it, it made me ask more questions than it answered. But I loved it. Yeah. I, which is the weird thing. I liked the explanation of despite the fact that it didn't 100 percent make sense. I did like. Like, the thing that doomed humanity was when the Avengers got infected. Because who's going to be able to not stop them from infecting them? Nobody. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? You know what I really enjoyed about this episode is, is one, the kind of ensemble team that was not infected was really interesting. And something we haven't really seen on, on the big screen, you know, that group of characters working together. Um but then it just, you know, just seeing those interactions with the different characters, I really just enjoyed it. I was like, we're never going to see this in the MCU. These people all in the same place fighting together. And it just, I don't know, it just like felt good uh, in, in a way that, you know, we've just never really seen before. And so any opportunity for us to experience different Avengers talking to each other, working with each other, having some sort of relationship with each other, I think is really cool. And that's what these these episodes need to work on more. Yeah, I I agree with the sentiment. I don't know if I agree that we'll never see these characters together on the big screen because one of the things that I felt pretty strongly, at least during the first part of the episode, is I felt like the first half of this episode exists to showcase basically how the new Avengers would fare against the original Avengers. Because... Ooh, interesting. Because... It's like the original Avenger. It's like you have Hope Van Dyne and whoever else, you know, a couple of whoever it was, uh, you know, taking out Tony Cap. Thor's not around. Um, Hawkeye's gone. Um, 
who I guess we didn't see uh, Black Widow anywhere, did we? Or did we? Maybe we did briefly, but 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 yeah, I I, I felt like I, I thought it was interesting because it's like the main core group Avengers of Avengers for the most part, with very few exceptions, were all zombified, and the characters that are still currently around in the MCU happened to be the ones that didn't get zombified. And I thought that was a, maybe a clever way to show like, look, the, the new Avengers could keep up here. Like it's not as if Iron Man and cap are, so, are like the best of the best of the best. Um, right. I, I felt like it was kind of a subtle way to be like the new Avengers got it handled and it's like, they got it so handled. They could, they could stomp the old Avengers even. Um, that's a really interesting. I didn't think about that, but like you're totally right. All the people that were alive were basically people that are still yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah. Um which which I did like. Um before we get too far away from from the intro here, I wanted to see if you picked up on something. I thought this was very interesting wording. So in the beginning, uh the episode starts really with uh Bruce Banner and the Watcher refers to Bruce Banner as the human living within the Hulk. And I thought that was very interesting wording because I would guess that most people would consider that character of the Hulk living within Bruce Banner. Huh. I did not pick up on that at all. I just felt like for some reason, I felt like that gives the Hulk a little more cachet of like, is the Hulk like inevitable like as as a, as a being more so than bruce banner maybe throughout the multiverse or like i don't know what does that mean i feel like, like there's the more human hiding within the hulk h- hiding within the hulk yeah there there you go wow yeah i just thought that was really interesting wording and it uh i wonder if that's maybe more significant than it's than it seems very interesting yeah i did not pick up on that at all um you know, there were some people that, like, called bullshit on why some of the characters would be together. And, like, the timeline, like, Bruce Banner comes because, like, Thanos attacked the ship. Yep. Uh, but then, I don't know, I was reading some posts online, and they're like, why would these people even be together? Because, like, XYZ didn't happen, and so, like, they wouldn't be in the same place. I don't know. I think some people think about these things probably a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the big, not to jump too far ahead, but like the biggest, the biggest thing that proves that is like when Ebony Mar or whatever comes down, they are not zombified, right? They're just normal. But right. then by the end of the episode, Thanos holding an infinity gauntlet with five infinity stones somehow let himself get zombified. No, bitch. No, that yeah, has, I that's did not, not agree with happen. that ending. It, <laughs> I appreciated that they basically kind of followed the ending where it's like everything's gonna be okay, and then it's all fucked. Yeah, like, I appreciate that, but I was like, this just I don't I don't understand how we're getting to this point. Yeah, yeah, it really makes no sense. Like this, he the dude can fucking snap and kill everything in yeah. a second. Yes, it really didn't make sense. But I think the original Marvel Zombies comic ends with Thanos becoming a zombie as well so maybe that's just the homage there i think i'm sure that's true and so i've never read marvel zombies but i have heard that the zombies in 
the Marvel Zombies comic are much more intelligent. Like they can hold conversations. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I've never read it before because it's I don't know in that format. I think it kind of spun out of uh, the Ultimate Fantastic Four books. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, just, I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't uh, didn't interest me enough. The one thing I've heard about the uh, the comic that I love that I wish they would have put in this show is apparently the way the virus spreads so quickly throughout the world is Quicksilver caught it. Oh my gosh, and I love that. So, yeah, I know, I love that too. So he just fucking ran around the world, infected the whole world in like a day. <laughs> I, the, I've, I hadn't heard that, but the other part I like is I think Galactus gets infected. Oh my god. Which, I just love Galactus. <laughs> I, I want Galactus in my life. All the time, and so yes, I love the concept of a zombie Galactus. Just awesome. Yeah, that's the best. Um, so who at Marvel just hates Vision? What question. do you mean? That dude, I've seen him die way too many times, <laughs> and I just can't deal with it anymore. I can't. I I go to my therapist and like, what's wrong? And I was like, it's happened again. It just keeps happening. <laughs> it's happened again. This time he did it to himself. I can't believe this. Yeah. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> can't believe you've done this. It's just, oh my gosh, just Wanda and Vision, basically uh, a mirror image of of Wanda, oh God, of Wanda, Wanda Vision, Wanda Vision, Wanda Vision, uh, where he loses Scarlet Witch, Wanda to the zombie virus, whatever you want to call it. And so he keeps Black Panther and other people captive to feed her because he loves her. Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Which it, that apparently is a another homage to the comic because that happens to T'Challa in the comic as well. Yeah, I did. I did see that. Um, I thought, I mean, I really loved that parallel because it is essentially an exact uh 180 from the WandaVision show where WandaVision is keeping a fucked up approximation. Sorry. Wanda is keeping a fucked up approximation of vision around because of her own grief. And then now in this reality, vision is doing the same exact thing. He's keeping a fucked up version of Wanda around because of his own grief, because neither one of them can, can deal with it really. Um, I thought that was really interesting, and I and I liked it a lot. Yeah, no, I, I liked it as well. Uh, and just, like, the concept of, like, oh, we found someone we can trust. They found a way to, like, you know, help protect themselves from this virus, but, like, they're, they've lost their mind. I, I always like the character that is kind of like that. Yeah. Um, where they're kind of isolated. They figured out how to manage, but they're a little bit crazy. And it was interesting seeing Vision kind of play that role. Um, and obviously I love WandaVision. It's my favorite Marvel thing. And so kind of seeing the the flip side of that was awesome. What did you think about fake Tom Holland voice? He nailed it. Yeah, I thought it was he pretty nailed. good. <laughs> I had very few issues with the voice acting in this one. Yeah, agreed. I, this is probably the most solid uh, performances all around, I would say. Like Paul Rudd as a floating head hilarious yeah <laughs> uh, the, there was a lot of great comedy in this one um i think ultimately you know I, the story felt really haphazardly written but none of that mattered because the characters were great 
The voice acting wasn't a problem. There was a lot of really good comedy. And like this what if story had like two seconds of something that happened in another movie. And then it just went completely in its own direction and did its own thing. And it was really enjoyable from that perspective that like it just it stood on its own. It was super interesting and fun. And it was just a good time. You know, I, I usually I have really big issues with when I'm like, this doesn't make logical sense in a story. This did not bother me at all. So many people are complaining about it. Like, why didn't they just do this? Why didn't they just do that? People make poor decisions, I guess. And the writers didn't make the best decisions, but it was just fun. I don't know. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. This episode reminded me more than any other of like how it feels feels to watch like an episode of earth's mightiest heroes yes it's like absolutely it just it's just like gave me joy like it was just a fun watch like that's how i want to feel when i'm watching marvel animation right and I, it, it I provided that. agree yeah it was just good it was just good yeah it was i'm i'm like i'm i'm really i'm really Im- Im- impressed by it and i'm a, a little surprised that we we both are uh i mean there's it's like there are very obvious things to criticize, but like the the episode was just such a fun time. It's like it doesn't even feel w- fair or worth it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I could I could like pick this episode apart. Yeah. In terms of they wanted to go to this place in order to do that. They could have done it seven more ways in which they wouldn't put anyone in harm's way. Yeah. But that's not what any of this shit is about, you know? Yeah. There, you know, any type of zombie story, any type of like outbreak story, things like that, you can always find different ways to do things. And especially when you have a bunch of super powered people, there's yeah. always a bunch of other ways they could do shit, you know. And so, really, the main problem I had was Thanos at the end. That was one thing I was just like, really? I was like, how <laughs> yeah. does that make any sense? But it was like four seconds. Yeah. Everything else I thought was. was and it was great. inconsequential to the story. Right, so. exactly. And so for me, I mean, it was like, I love seeing more Wasp. Like, give her some more action. She's great. Um, Paul Rudd as the floating head was hilarious. Paul Rudd's always hilarious, no matter what he's doing. Um, the the Vision and Wanda stuff, amazing. Um, you know, we got to see Sebastian Stan, like, taking out Zombie Cap. You know, I guess this is the end of the line. Like, I was like, <laughs> ooh, that's, like, really rough. Um, but then, you know, you got, like, Happy Hogan, Akoye and like uh, Sharon Carter and Kurt from Ant-Man like all these people that like we've never even seen interact with each other it was just fun yeah I am getting the sense tell me if you agree that Akoye is going to be playing a large part in the new Avengers Um, it it seems like they've been pushing her for a bit yeah and so hey you know I I don't know I'm not like in love with her character Um, I think she's fine but uh, I don't know. The lady that plays her always does a really good job. So I yeah. can't really uh, complain. Cause she was also in, was she in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Or was that a different Dora Milaje? I think it was a different one, maybe. Dude, I, I couldn't tell you at Shit. this point. I think it was yeah. a Koye. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. My bet, my bet is on it was a Koye. No, it wasn't. Fuck! It was that other lady, I think. Tony Stark's funeral. Yeah, it was a different one. It was a different one. Well, fuck. But yeah, I don't know. Um, 
I'm not sure I have too many thoughts on this episode other than that. I, I just I really enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. Maybe that helped too. Me, yeah, same. Um, I was expecting to absolutely hate it. Truly, and it just like it just very pleasantly surprised me. And I was a little bit shocked when I went online and I saw a bunch of people kind of complaining about different aspects of it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I thought this was like easily the best one, and for some reason it just worked. You know, it's just. Let's see. Let's see what the, let's see what some people on Reddit have to say about this thing right now. All right. Well, let's while see. you're doing that, I I have a note. <laughs> There's one line that made me laugh for probably the wrong reasons. Where Hope is like di- giant and dying, and she is, uh, I think, talking to Peter, and she just goes, "Smile for me, okay." And I don't know why, but it just felt so creepy. There are a lot of people were like kind of shipping them as they're like, they were fucking for sure. And I was like, yeah, oh my God. Potentially. I mean, I hope so. Good for them. Oh, uh, this was a good note that I, I forgot to write down. First mention of Uncle Ben in the MCU. Yeah, nuts. At least by name, by like actual the name of Uncle Ben. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't even Tom Holland who said it. Super dumb. You know, it's funny. Someone said the Eternals looking at these zombies like still no deviants. I wish we could do something. But alas, we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the destruction of the world. No big deal. Yeah. But I guess they don't give a fuck like they allowed the snap. So I guess they really don't give a fuck. Apparently not. And, and you know what was also difficult? Uh, Chadwick Boseman had some lines in this episode where I was like, fuck. In my culture, yeah. that's not the end. I was like, oh, yeah, God. that was that was a tough one. Can't deal with this shit right now. Yeah. Can't deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, that's everything I got for this one. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was just fun. I don't know. This is what I wanted every episode to be. Yeah, I agree. At least in terms of, yeah, like you said, just fun levels. Fun loving. Are you ready to rate this bitch? Yeah. All right. As we do on the Infinity Watch podcast. We rate our episodes and movies and whatever it is we're talking about out of six whole infinity stones. Eric, what do you give what if zombies out of six infinity stones? I think this one is going to get a five from me. Five out of six was, uh, yeah, super, super good. This is what, this is what I want out of my Marvel animation. Just the, just as, as many, Avengers as possible or MCUers as possible, just uh, gallivanting around, having a good time, fighting whatever, whatever villain. <laughs> but uh, whoever pops up that day, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really liked it. I think I'm gonna go five. I think we're right in lockstep. I had five written down as well. Yeah, it's first, first five for the series for me. It just, it was fun. It was a good time. I enjoyed watching it. I'd watch it again. Um, yeah. I don't think I felt the same about any of the other episodes quite as much yet. So solid five for me. All right. Recommendations. Eric, what do you got for us this week? Oh, um, what do I have this week? I guess I will recommend because I the season just finished up. Um. Yeah, I feel like I might have recommended this in the past, but what? Despite how annoying the fan base can be, Rick and Morty is stupid good. And uh, if people are like into any kind of like comedy animation, 
or even if you're just into like this pot, like sci-fi, like the stuff we talk about is referenced infinitely in Rick and Morty. Um, and they just finished up the season and the season wrapped up with like a, a really, in my opinion, amazing episode that's, uh, kind of harkened back to an episode, a season or two ago. It's, it's just, it gets so meta. It's like, it's talking about multiverse shit. I mean, Rick and Morty has been doing multiverse shit for many years now and they do it really, really well. Um, are basically infinite versions of Rick and, uh, every once in a while, all the infinite versions will all get together on this place that they created called the Citadel of Rick's. And so there's just like a million Rick's in this, uh, Citadel, which has its own government. And, um, it's just a, a wild, a wild story. And it's, it's great because it's like most of the episodes seem pretty self-contained. But there is a thread through all of them that if you do watch all of them, I mean, the, the payoff is just great. Um, so, yeah, big, big fan of Rick and Morty. I, I fucking hate most other fans of Rick and Morty, but uh, at least the ones on the Internet. But uh, yeah, it's a little extra at times. Yeah, but the show itself, like, deserves the hype f- f- easily. It's it's really, really, really good. Um, so yeah, it takes a lot of inspiration from a lot of the things we talk about too. Yeah, yeah, th- for sure. I mean, there's like a fake Galactus. There's a fake Namor. There's a uh, there's a fake Avengers. There's a fake fucking everything in Rick and Morty. They parody uh, everything, and they do it in in more often than not, they do it in a really interesting way that is uh, really good. So yeah, yeah, and like. Uh... I would say like the council, the council of Ricks. Yep, is inspired by the council of Reeds yep. from the Fantastic Four, which is the, it's one of the coolest concepts ever. Also, I always watch the clip of Mister Nimbus wanting <laughs> yeah. a three way. I just really enjoy that. So <laughs> he controls the police. Sure does. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and recommend the greatest sitcom of all time, Curb Your Enthusiasm, this oh week. Oh my god! HBO Max been watching watching episodes of that again. Uh, Larry David is a genius. He's a genius. Also a creator and writer of the TV show Seinfeld. So if you like Seinfeld, True. you'll like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Super, super good shit. Um, but yeah, I didn't really watch anything else super major this week. We've been busy, busy doing a lot of other stuff. So I haven't watched anything super good that's been new. Um, but yeah, continuing my journey through the MCU in chronological order, which I also will continue to recommend. Um, you know, after watching Shang-Chi, watching Iron Man 3, um, and All Hail the King. Just hits nice nice and good and different. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, highly recommend it. Um, I want to give a shout out to our friend on Twitter, Clay Scarface. Uh, they, were, they were mentioning the Easter egg of the guy recording on the bus fight in Shang-Chi, being the same guy who asked Spider-Man to do a bla- uh, backflip in Homecoming, so... No um, way. That's awesome. Good eye on the Easter egg there. I love that guy with like the super high pitched voice. Like, do a backflip, Spidey. Uh, that guy gets around for sure. He's in he's in Queens and then uh, he's in uh, San Francisco. He's just all over the place. But <laughs> shout out to at Clay Scarface. Obviously, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can hit us up at Infinity Rewatch or you can shoot us a nice email like many people have 
at the infinity watch podcast at gmail.com. So on Twitter at infinity rewatch, the email is the infinity watch podcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, fuck the billionaires. Fuck the billion heirs. The WandaVision billionaire. <laughs> I'm going to be practicing that all week. WandaVision. 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 <laughs> <laughs>